Okay, everyone, we are back here with a, with a quick update. There was news out this morning. This is November 21st from Fathom Nickel. They've had the, the batch of assays from their Gochager Lake project it is, has been released for their final batch of assays, rather, have been released. Uh, and so Ian has, has, has gratefully or graciously rather uh, agreed to just pop on quick and just maybe just provide some overview and context for us so we understand what we're looking at and, and, and we can discuss you know how these fit into his own understandings of what's going on under the ground at Gochager. Um, yeah, so Ian, you know, this is a natural thank you for showing up and how are you today? Uh, doing really well, Matt. Uh, no, always uh, pleased to have a discussion with you. Lots of fun. Yeah, excellent. No, and I'm looking forward to this one too. Uh, you know, these results are, I think they, they set the table in a very interesting way, but I, I, let's just, you know, I've got just four or five questions for you here. It doesn't have to be super long or, or arduous. Do you just want to start and rather, you know what, I'll, I'll pause right now and I'll, I'll bring up, I just have a couple of images that I, that I've collected here and I'll, I'll bring these up just so people have just a little bit of, of context or some, you know, visual framing for this conversation. Um, and maybe I'll just, Ian, pardon me, but I'll just, I'll, I'll explain what I'm showing here. Uh, we have the first slide here is kind of the, the before, right? Where you this is your conceptualized model of what you were chasing here at Gochager this year. Um, and then what you have on the right-hand side is kind of your during image. And, and Ian, you can tell me if my, my pithy explanations are incorrect. Uh, and then the, the second slide here that I'll, I'll get to in a moment, same thing, you kind of have the during. And then this is what you released today here. Uh, this is what you're working from uh, so that we can kind of just see how these drill callers and the assay tables that I'll bring up in a moment here as well kind of all intersect. Anyway, with that kind of contextual information out of the way, Ian, do you just want to just run through, if you don't mind, this discussion about what what did you find, right? I mean, how did these results match your expectations going into it? I mean, were, did you find what you wanted to find? Were there, you know, surprises or new pieces of information, good, bad, or indifferent that maybe you want to share with us? Right. Uh... Yeah, really good question, Matthew. Really good question. Um, you know, we, we, we went out there and, and, you know, if I can use the first three drill holes, number five, number five, uh, and number holes six and seven. So the, these were, you know, sort of aggressive step outs on either side of that, uh, intercept that was in 23003. And so we were, we were envisioning a strike orientation, you know, sort of 35, almost 50 meters to the east of the intercept in 23003 and then holes 6 and 7 they were positioned in such a way that they were 50 meters to the west and we drilled two holes from the same platform there and one was shallow one was uh, was steeper on the assumption if we did intersect the intercept uh, the mineralization in the first hole we'd be checking the down plunge extension uh, with the second hole which was hole number 7 and as we know now, five was a little bit too far to the east, and six and seven were a little bit too far to the west. So that changes the strike orientation, our anticipated orientation of the mineralization in hole number three. So instead of things being, you know, north, northeast, or I'm sorry, northeast to easterly, they are more north, northeast now. So they are actually closer to north south than we had anticipated. So that's good. You know, <laughs> there's a bit of a famous uh, expression, you know, technical success. The bankers don't like technical success, successes, but the uh, 
this is what you got to do. You got to get this thing figured out. So that helped us immensely. And, and then we, you know, we kind of rejig things, a uh, conductor. And then 10, you know, we came right back at that intercept in 23003 to try and see what it looked like up plunge and down plunge. And, and you know, we, we did. We recognized that uh, mineralization in hole number 10. Uh, hole number nine was, uh, you know, we've got conductivity in front of the drill hole. So that was uh, uh, a new development. And, you know, just before we started, Matt, we were talking a little bit about this uh, uh, fault structure. So on that image on the left-hand side, that is our composite cross-section. And uh, we are consistently seeing this fault. It's a shallow fault. That's this uh, gray plane that you see in the composite section. We have seen mineralization on the hanging wall side right up to the fault. And we have actually recognized mineralization on the foot wall side right up to the fault. So there's some kind of displacement in there. Um, now, is this high-grade mineralization displaced that we see in 23003 and 23010? That's to be determined. But, you know, there, there's a big, big gap in there between... Uh, you know, holes nine and 10 that we could probably fill in and encounter more of this uh, mineralization that we saw in 23003 and, and uh, more of it that we see in 230. Yeah, I mean, I think that you expressed it well, right? I mean, you're, you're in the pursuit of mastery here, right? And so I think that this is a, a classic example of, of and, and this is me editorializing and ultimately just asking a leading question, so you'll forgive me, but, you know, that th these are, Results that, you know, the, the headline numbers, you know, that I'm not sure if people, if you just see this press release come across your desk and you're not familiar with the story, you're going to say, oh, it's, it's not bad, right? But I think that the, 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 the context here is really critically important to me because, again, as you discuss, uh, you know, it, it confirms your working model, right? That, that what, you are, what you are predicting to find is ultimately what you're finding, like you say, with a little bit of offsets from faulting here and there. But that for me, I was actually quite excited this morning when I, you know, I got up and was kind of running around and reading this. And and to me, it, it struck me that from our previous conversations, you found what you said you were going to find. Is that a, is that kind of a fair statement? Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that's accurate. Um, you know, and 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 I think what's what's encouraging too is, um, um, you know, the 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 historic resource speaks for itself. You know, the, the 4.3 million tons at a grade of <clears throat> you know, just under 0.3% nickel. You know, so there's a lot of this disseminated mineralization in this deposit. And what we're seeing now is there, there, there appear to be, you know, instead of it being just disseminated through the whole thing, it is uh, uh, sort of controlled by these you know, I use the term shoots to describe the higher grade mineralization, but the lower grade mineralization is the shoot itself as well. And we're starting to recognize that these shoots are a function of the type of gabbro that we're seeing. So, you know, we, we and, and every one of these uh, disseminated halos, we are seeing or, uh, semi massive sulfides within these disseminated halos and and you know hole number 10 had three separate 
broad zones of disseminated mineralization. Hole five has a broad zone of disseminated mineralization with some pretty nice looking sulfides in it. Um, you know, so we, we can come underneath hole number five now and continue to extend these higher grade sections to depths. And so, you know, I, I, I've been saying all along that the only way we're going to get this historic grade up into something that uh, potentially is going to be an economic deposit is we're going to have to find more of these uh, good zones of, of semi-massive to massive sulfides, these zones that are running, you know, 1% up to uh, 3%. And, and, and that way we'll be able to increase this overall grade because we are focusing on the higher grade sections, the semi-massive to massive sulfide sections that we know are very conductive and the borehole EM, you know, as we get smarter with this thing, we'll be able to pinpoint our drill holes and, and hopefully with a consistent azimuth too. So this is a another important takeaway is, you know, what is this orientation? We know it's steep, but we want to be perpendicular. So what is that azimuth? And I, you know, looking at this plan map that you see here, you know, five is close to probably the preferred azimuth. Nine is, uh, you know, I think uh, another indication that we're getting close to this preferred azimuth. And, and you know, whether, whether we drill this from the southeast to the northwest or from the northwest to the southeast, that, that's something that we're, we're still trying to, uh, to fine tune. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you, you reference your, I'm just I'm scrolling through my own uh, notes here. I mean, you reference that whole 23010. I mean, you, you had two large intersections. And again, we don't know the true width here. So, you know, kind of cautionary tale there. But, you know, 87 meters at 0.37, uh, nickel, 09, copper, and 03 cobalt. And then, and then deeper down, uh, 63 meters at 0.56 nickel. I mean, these are kind of sneaky good numbers, right? And as you say, the historical resource, I mean, these are, these are above grade. And so to me, it strikes me that you are, again, increasing understanding in a way that maybe historically hadn't been there yet. And I guess maybe that's the question I want, maybe I'll to transition here. I mean, you do kind of have two sorts of extremes with this batch of assays. You have this narrow, ultra-high grade veins of massive sulfides. You got three and a quarter nickel over 0.64 meters, 2.6 over 1.31. But then as you've referenced here, that these big, thick intervals of, of low-grade mineralization, right? The, yeah, three holes with 60 meters or more each. Do you just want to, and you kind of already touched on this with the disseminated, but do you, do you want to just discuss each of these in turn and again, just provide context to what they mean to your working model, right? Because again, I think that to me, these are exciting because it, it, it suggests that your thesis that, you know, you kind of called your shot, right? And that's, to me, that's such an, an encouraging sign. But do you just want to discuss, uh, you know, and the, uh, these ultra high grade veins, kind of what, what they mean to your exploration story and what they might be pointing towards? Yeah, well, you know, a couple of things there. Um, um, you know, I, I just want, you know, emphasize the consistency of the mineralization. So, you know, these 85 meter intervals, I'm, I'm you know, I'm using a, a, a 1000 ppm nickel cutoff. And, you know, through that 85 meters, everything is running you know, every sample, you know, we sample a meter, sometimes up to a meter and a half. Uh, we do recognize that there's uh, some skinny diorite dikes and they typically don't have a lot of mineralization. But for the most part, 
every single sample through that interval is running north of 1000 ppm nickel. And you know some of the work that we're doing, and this is this is very early, and and I'm uh, going to be doing some uh, uh, you know some microprobe work, and we're looking at the pyrotite, and we're trying to figure out okay what is the nickel content in the pyrotite, and you know where is the cobalt? Uh, I, I think it's associated with pentlandite. Um, but you know what? what you know, this, this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I but I think it's important because you know we we. Um, Oh, I think it's safe to say this, Matthew. I mean, you know, we've we've got to continue to do what we do. Uh, but every time we're in a boardroom, every time we're in discussions with people, it it it's not going to be us that are going to be the miners. It it's it's going to be a big major. And and so this is where I think some of these preliminary metallurgical studies that we're doing are going to be very, very important. So when we say something like, I think I'm getting off topic again here, Matthew, excuse me. <laughs> but when I say things like, you know, when we, we, we announced that we're dealing with nickel tenors that are comparable to the, uh, the Sudbury nickel cap, I mean, that's important. That, that's something that the, uh, you know, the quote unquote, the big guys are going to start paying attention to. And this consistency in the cobalt, uh, cobalt goes without saying, is, is sneaky good. It's uh, something that these uh, big companies, um, you know, they've got smelters that are perfectly aligned for this type of mineralization. So we need to we need to continue to develop this. And and so I guess you know we're we're again just on on limited sort of petrography that we've done. You know, this this nickel that's in this mineralization is going to be very easily liberated. We're not seeing the nasties. We're not seeing, you know, arsenic. We're not seeing bismuth. In fact, the good mineralization is low in in magnesium, which is good again for you know potential uh, processing. So this this is all part of uh, of what we're doing. Um, but getting back to your question about the, you know, the higher grade intervals, um, they they are very very important and. Um, uh, you know, we, I honestly think that the massive sulfides, the semi-massive sulfides that we're seeing, they're they're it, it it's post-crystallization of this magma. So this is coming from a large pool of sulfides, and and you know the 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 these soft breaches that they're sometimes termed. Uh, this um, you know style of mineralization that we're seeing, I, you know, it, it it's coming from something. I think that's even bigger and better, and and um, you know, so it's important to to continue to follow these uh, you know two to three meter intercepts of uh, where you get this nice uh, semi-massive sulfide mineralization, and continue to follow these to depth because you know right now um, you know the hole number nine, for instance, that is the deepest intersection in the history of this deposit where you have something over 1% nickel. Uh, you know, granted it was 3.25 meters, but that is that is the deepest intersection. Uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of this historic record, all I have are just hand-drawn sections. Um, but, you know, there's nothing, nothing that compares to 1.35% uh, nickel over three and a quarter meters in the historic record. So that just tells me that this thing is wide open. And, you know, about 50 to 60, well, actually probably closer to 100 meters to the west. 
there was a drill hole drilled. It was a hole 6721. And there's a big chunk of disseminated mineralization that had a couple of individual assays in there that are 1%. So that is another shoot that we haven't even got to yet. So I, you know, I do think that um, learning as much as we can in this particular area will do us a lot of favors as, as we go forward. Hopefully I answered your question. <laughs> I think, no, I think you got there in the end. No, I mean, and then, like, the, the, my hope was that you would provide context and that's what you've done. Right. So, I mean, it just strikes me that the, the further you kind of pull back the veil on, on these projects, the more that you find that there is to discover, right? And that, yeah, it's, a, it's a good problem to have. I mean, for me, I guess, you know, that these, and this is harkening back to our previous interview where uh, the, the, these these high-grade veins, I mean, where are they coming from, right? I mean, the, the, this treasure map that is kind of developing in terms of finding, this is obviously not Mother Rottenstone, different project, but, you know, trying to chase these things downward into their source to find high-grade, right? to, to find that 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 the, the proverbial mother, right? Um, so... You know, we've we've talked high grade, we've talked disseminated. So, you know, in your in your conversation section of the, the news release today, you, you talk about that you have semi massives, you know, found at depth and remain open at depth. And I mean, again, you've you've kind of articulated on this already, but do you just want to respond? What what does that mean to you, right? What what is that suggesting or telling you uh, about this deposit, about this project, about this this mineralization? Um. Yeah, well, well, a couple of things. I mean, um, it it it's open. You know, I th I think it was very very important that we demonstrated that there is potential below the you know roughly two hundred ninety meters below surface is where they kind of cut things off historically. So we're now down, you know, three hundred and forty meters below surface. So we we've added a chunk of real estate there, if you will, that's mineralized, and and it's very much open to depth. Um, and, you know, again, at just this increasing conductivity that we're seeing in our drill holes as, as we, uh, get deeper down, um, you know, I, I think I've said previously, Matthew, uh, you know, the first thing that we're going to do in 2024 is, uh, tack on another 150, 200 meters on, you know, I can think mm -hmm. of three drill holes that, uh, just to get down a little bit further. And I suspect what we're going to find is we'll probably come into another zone of disseminated sulfides. And then within that zone of disseminated sulfides, we're going to see either more of the semi-massive to massive, or we're going to get into the massive. And the massive is what we saw in that vein and hole number eight. Um, you know, I, I, I think I shared that image with you, uh, you know, Trying to describe the importance of these semi uh, these massive sulfide veins, mm -hmm. uh, you know there was a quote out of a a paper done by uh, Dr. Peter Lightfoot and Dr. Tony uh, Naldret. Uh, you know they were recognizing veins that were anywhere from twenty centimeters to five hundred and fifty centimeters as far as fifty meters away to what we know now is the Voises Bay deposit. So you know th these are all important things as we uh, continue to go a little bit deeper here and and you know how big is this intrusive you know we're, we're starting to recognize that there's an ultramafic component to it we're starting to recognize that there's a mafic component to it and we're recognizing that there's different textures within the intrusive itself and mineralization 
tends to be favoring certain textures. So, you know, as, as we get a little bit smarter with our geochemistry and with our, you know, just visually recognizing these textures, you know, we, we can start actually trying to design our geophysics to really pinpoint these specific things that we're looking for in this very large, very open intrusive. Mm -hmm. And so I mean, we're, we're kind of circling to the end here, you know, just a kind of a quick smash and grab sort of interview here today. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's end with, with a uh, borehole EM, right? I mean, again, this is a, such a critical piece of the pie or puzzle rather, pardon me. Uh, and of course we've covered this last couple of interviews, but again, I mean, we, we have data in front of us here now and you already are seeing more targets uh, courtesy of, of the BHEM being developed, right? I mean, again, I'm just quoting from your from your uh, conversation section, but uh, high-grade nickel, excuse me, mineralization intersected in GL23010 is contained within two discrete broad zones of disseminated mineralization. The encompassing halos and higher-grade mineralized shoots within remain open for expansion to surface and to depth, as you've kind of just touched on. A third mineralized halo in 23010 was intersected starting at a depth of 260 meters and continuing to 297. And then here's the 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 part that I was hoping to get to or that I wanted to, to focus on is mineralization within this interval is very consistent and here too BHEM conductivity was interpreted to be building to the bottom of the drill hole right and so I mean you taught you touch on it yourself you know 2024 is going to see the the, the lengthening of, of drill holes BHEM continues to help you vector in and 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 focus and fine-tune what you're after what you're pursuing do you just want to you know just to end us here you know, you identified already a number of awful targets just from these assays. Can you just run through a couple and what you think the BHEM is telling you? Yeah, well, the, you know, again, uh, hole number eight, um, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? But um, knowing what we found out about hole number eight and knowing that, you know, the direction we were drilling hole number 10, um, you know, 10, for instance, to test what eight is telling us off hole, 10 is a prime candidate to go deeper. And, um, you know, this, this uh, second zone of, um, uh, I'm sorry, the third zone of the disseminated mineralization, you know, I got to circle back now and, and ask my geophysical uh, buddy and say, look, you know, what, what are we seeing from here to there, uh, are, are we seeing specific uh, uh, bumps in the conductivity suggesting that there is more of the semi-massive sulfides within that third disseminated zone? So, you know, these these are things, you know, I've, I've shared the assays with him, and so he'll be able to utilize assays to, uh, you know, tweak his overall observation. So in instead of it being more broad, we can start Getting a little bit more specific based on uh, on on the mineralization. So, you know, it, it just it can't emphasize enough, Matthew, just the importance of uh, of, of borehole EM. And and again, you know, something that we talked about uh, previously is, you know, people have looked at these borehole EM responses and they've gone, you know, was this Ragland? No. No, was was this the the Sudbury mining camp? Uh, no, no. Well, where's this? Well, this is in northern Saskatchewan. I went, oh, wow. I mean, these are some some really really big amplitudes. These are some big big responses. And so I, I you know, part of me, forever the optimist, 
Uh, I, I'm not sure that we've completely resolved some of these big, big conductive responses. You know, maybe hole number nine, you know, three and a, three, three and a quarter meters of 1.35. I mean, that's associated with conductivity that's running 12,000 Siemens. I'm not convinced that our three and a quarter meter interval is explaining the strength of that conductivity. So, you know, the, the, these are things, again, I, I am starting to sound like a bit of a broken record, but we, you know, you, you, the, the, you learn so much with every single drill hole, good or bad. And, and I really feel that this has just been a tremendous first kick at the can, if you will. And, and we've walked away with not only a world-class intercept in 23003, uh, but, you know, we have followed up with some other very, very good intersections. You know, 12 meters of 1% nickels, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, 23003, you've kind of set the bar pretty high, but <laughs> uh, that's maybe not a bad problem. But um, anyway, to, you know, so to just sort of wrap it all up, I, I, I just feel like we're, we're so much smarter and uh, we can go about things uh, very, very efficiently instead of, you know, kind of wildcat drilling to find stuff. We can be very, very specific uh, based on our borehole EM. And, 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 you know, maybe a very smart thing to do is just drill a couple of pilot holes and let's say, let's pump these things down six, 700 meters and provide the pilot, you know, to our discussion the other day so that we can look around that drill hole and see what's going on down there at depth. Um, again, you know, borehole EM and really good geology. I'm fortunate to have a fantastic group of consultants and field geologists working with us. And yeah, we're, we're that much smarter and looking forward to continuing the success. Well, and I think that's a, that's as good a place as any to end it, I think, right? I mean, you, you've articulated and explained it perfectly. I mean, I think that a lot of you, you have a lot of interest in the story, and it strikes me that this 2024 winter campaign, it seems like you're just setting the table ever so delicately, ever so nicely for, for what could be a potentially a very transformative drill campaign for you guys. So, uh, I mean, you know, I think that were, those sounds like your final thoughts to me. So, I, yeah, thank you for your time again, and I, yeah, I look forward to the next time. I do as well, Matthew. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good day. All right. Cheers. Cheers.